and welcome back to another episode of Guidepost in Motion, a podcast highlighting risk, compliance, and security professionals with insights meant to keep you, your business, and operations moving forward. My name is Ed Batchelor, and I'm the Regional Vice President at Guidepost Solutions. I'm excited to welcome back my colleague, Angela Osborne, for part two of our podcast, Recognizing, Mitigating, and Managing Insider Threats. Angela, thanks for being here. I'm happy to join you again today, Ed. Thanks for having me. In our last podcast, Angela and I talked about the unfortunate increase organizations have been experiencing from insider threats and how the pandemic has exacerbated that uptick. While insider threats have always existed, we've established that the ground is more fertile than ever. We also went over some basic steps organizations can take when an insider threat is recognized. Today, Angela and I will discuss some of the early risk indicators, as well as not the obvious ones associated with insider threats. We'll also talk when and why it makes sense to bring in a third party to help mitigate and manage threats. Before we do, let's chat about the types of threat organizations should be preparing for. Off the top of my head, some of the more common ones we have seen in the recent months include intellectual property theft, such as you know, you know, private information or confidential confidential information that employees are sharing in the public domain. Angela, what are some other types of insider threats that are not so obvious? And we've come across several types of insider threats that organizations were not at all prepared for, and mainly because they didn't realize that the threat actually existed. I can think of a number of scenarios where employees have received harassing content via their personal email accounts or social media accounts, and they didn't realize that they were connected to their association with the organization. And so by the time they realize their suspicion that the sender is likely someone who they work with or who perhaps who they worked with in the past, at the organization, sometimes it's difficult to collect um, all of the messages that they receive. Sometimes they're deleted. Um, sometimes we don't have them in the original format. And it's very important down the road as we're putting together a, a case to perhaps take action against the individual to get the harassment to stop, um, to be able to positively identify the sender. Uh, without the original content, it can be very difficult. Absolutely. You know, and most of the time, you know, before an insider threat, you know, really turns into an incident, you know, there are indicators, you know, that a threat is on the horizon, but are often, you know, overlooked by the organization. You know, an example would be a person who has worked at multiple organizations in a short time span. You know, when you see that resume of multiple uh, different positions at major companies or even smaller companies, you know, could potentially indicate behavioral performance issues. You know, Angela, what do you think organizations need to understand you know, those red flags? Well, and I think one of the key factors here um, is, you know, recognizing patterns. And you mentioned a significant pattern uh, in the fact that sometimes we'll see an individual who has worked across a number of organizations in a very short amount of time. That, for me, is often a red flag uh, when I look at someone's background um, another one could be for an organization, if we're talking about a current employee, maybe an employee who has come up to HR a number of times. It could be rather innocuous situations overall. Uh, but uh, I can think of one situation right now where we had an employee who developed an attachment to, to a supervisor. And 
over time, when you look at the situation, looking back on it, you can see these patterns emerged and some of the things that he said to the supervisor, some of the incidents that occurred, um, some really seemingly innocuous situations of uh, notes left for the person, um, kind of uh, tricks, I would say, some, some small level pranks. Uh, that ended up really indicating to us in the, in the long term that this person had developed a very unhealthy attachment to this person. Uh, and it did lead to a security incident on the ground for the organization. But it's often difficult to recognize these and to see really the pattern, uh, which I think can be useful in having sometimes a third party step in uh, to help look at an insider threat program. Absolutely. And understanding your organization's insider threat risk and having some common sense tools to mitigate it are the, really the first steps to developing a successful strategy. You know, organizations should really consider, you know, involving a third party to assess, assess their potential risks, especially since most organizations don't have these capability, capabilities internally to the organization. That's right, Ed. Um, you know, I completely agree. Um, you know, there are a number of things organizations can do, and I think we discussed them last week uh, regarding making sure employees know how to report situations, collecting the content, reaching out to law enforcement as well. But one thing that we find is sometimes law enforcement is quite overburdened in an area, and they might not be able to take uh, or provide the level of support needed uh, for the situation just based on a lack of evidence, perhaps uh, an inability to connect the individual suspected of sending the content with an actual uh, person and making that positive identification. That can be very challenging, especially if people are using pseudonyms, perhaps they're using fake profiles uh, to send the content. And so that's really where a third party can help. Um, if we can get the content in the original format, um, often we can find key identifiers about the senders, so particularly if we're talking about email accounts. Um, that's a key one where we can find a lot of information about individuals. Um, in addition, a third party can help uh, to conduct a risk assessment for the organization to identify are there indicators um, out there, um, are there situations uh, perhaps that the company as a whole is unaware of, but maybe small pockets are familiar with. In addition, I think an outside third party can also help to develop training for the organization. So that helps people to identify, you know, how do I make reports? How do I recognize when content uh, that I'm seeing is abnormal or potentially harmful to the organization? Um, I think these indicators, we often talk about workplace violence indicators. Um, and, you know, a number of organizations have engaged in training uh, on this topic. Uh, but I would also recommend training regarding insider threat issues. Um, I think, you know, getting people together to really talk about these scenarios um, can often generate, um, you know, information about situations that have occurred within the company that the company might not even be aware of. And having a third party come in can help to provide a neutral platform to discuss these issues and identify solutions. Absolutely. It certainly makes sense you know, to seek help from a qualified third party to assess potential incidents and really prevent them from becoming a crisis. You know, sometimes no matter how prepared an organization may be, and despite ongoing training and those red flags and indicators, you know, are blurred and a company finds itself in the midst of a crisis. You know, it's during these times too that the company executives find it's difficult to focus and act quickly or really appropriately, and a third party can help there too. And I completely agree. And the sooner a company brings in the third party, the better. Um, you know, one scenario that I'm thinking about, 
a really unfortunate uh, situation where um, the company did experience a security event uh, that took place on its property. It was very traumatic for people. Um, luckily, no one was seriously harmed, but they certainly could have been. And what we learned in the aftermath when we were brought on to assist was basically, um, you know, this former employee had engaged in a series of troubling uh, behavior um, sent out a series of messages to people within the organization. Uh, people weren't really sure what to do. Um, you know, initially they weren't sure whether they should report the content. Eventually they did. And when the first person started to report, then others realized that they had received similar messages and reached out. You know, some people thought that they had been the only ones when in fact this person had reached out to multiple individuals within the organization and expressed really troubling uh, comments uh, that raised uh, concerns from a security perspective. Once they're able to get the content together um, and evaluate the situation, we were able to help them to provide support for the individuals who had been impacted, to help them uh, set up a better program for um, people to report these situations, and also to assist them with some of the physical security requirements uh, to secure the site um, because of the threats that were made. Um, and we eventually did connect in the organization with law enforcement too, uh, once we had compiled our content, done our forensic review to help positively connect the individual suspected of sending the content uh, with the uh, the content of the center uh, itself. Um, and I think that that was a, a great example of how we're able to help an organization who could have had a very serious security event take place um, go back uh, and review their content. So, but again, the, the sooner we can get involved, the better in order to preserve the content from a forensic perspective, but also to make sure that we can put in place positive security measures to keep people safe. Great points, Angela. And, you know, even adding on to that, you know, any type of, of involvement, you know, in the security realm, whether that's risk assessments or design or policy procedures, the earlier we, you know, a third party can be involved, the better. You know, just from a perspective of, you know, this is not a mechanical, you know, system, it's it's a people system and we need to understand the culture, the operations and kind of gather the facts so we can develop the right recommendations to move forward. Well, with that, um, thank you, Angela. You know, another insightful discussion and thank you to our listening audience for tuning in again. For more information on recognizing, mitigating and managing insider threats, please visit our website at guidepostsolutions.com where you also find more solutions to keep you, your business, and your operations moving forward.